Welcome to the Extra here on KRDO News Radio. I'm your host, Andrew Rogers. We're continuing to highlight and feature the 12 individuals running to become the next mayor of Colorado Springs. Of course, the election coming up on April 4th. Ballots should be sent out right around March 10th is what we're hearing. Uh, joining me in studio this hour is Jim Miller, one of the candidates for mayor. And Jim, thank you so much for joining us here on KRDO News Radio. Thank you for having me, Mr. Rogers. Well, and you know, let's talk a little bit. And this, obviously, some people have said is the easiest question. A lot more have honestly said it's probably the hardest question. But let's start off with who exactly is Jim Miller? And let's talk a little bit about your background. I'm, I'm just a guy. I work every day. I got kids. I got a wife. I just try to keep everything nice for them. I do vending. I have a small shop that, that I work at that's mine. And just a regular everyday guy there's not a nothing really special about me to be honest with you and how did you make how did you make your way to Colorado Springs uh honestly it was uh years ago with a uh my son's mom and she actually uh jump states with another gentleman out here and I had to move out here to see my son because my kids are priority over me by far and I wanted to make sure I was in his life and my son's awesome and he takes priority over anything I'm I'm doing. Absolutely. And, you know, you'd mentioned uh, kind of before we went on having, you know, some businesses. So obviously, you know, kind of running some businesses as well. And how did you kind of get into that and starting your own shops and uh, working with vending? Uh, to be honest with the vending stuff, I started off with uh, making and building arcades. I liked arcades, to be honest with you. And I kind of started building arcades and someone gave me a deal with an arcade once and traded me a soda machine that was broken and towards the arcade that was a Miss Pac-Man machine for crying out loud. I don't know if anybody remembers that. That's kind of old, but traded me that and then it kind of got me started in the bending and I, and I learned how to um, rebuild soda machines and kind of went and started figuring out how to fix them and rebuild them and started doing that. Yeah, and it's, you know, one of those things where there's a lot that kind of goes into the small day-to-day operations of, you know, really any small business as well. And, you know, talk to me a little bit about some of the uh, kind of misconceptions that people might have as far as running a small business and especially as diversified as what you're doing. Everybody seems to think you have a whole bunch of money and a lot of free time when you run your own business. And that is not even close to the truth at all. What you're doing is it usually is still the old, you know, day-to-day, week-to-week month to month, year to year kind of thing, like any other job. And you're the boss and the employee and the writing for parts or inventory and you do everything. The one nice benefit is if the kids or my nieces or nephews, or even if the the boss lady, the the wife or sister-in-law families need help or anything, I can honestly stop and just kind of go do something but mind you that does stack those hours back at the end of the day so sometimes you get done at 1 a.m 2 a.m in the morning doing work getting ready for the next day so yeah and you know when we're talking about that kind of experience it also does bring a lot to the table as far as you know that time management as you mentioned knowing that if you do take off you have to kind of make that up as well as budgeting prioritizing things like that Yes, yes, very much so. You have to make sure that you have enough to have fuel parts, tools, equipment, gear. Make sure you got enough to be getting around and doing everything you're doing. Uh, maintenance, there's always maintenance somehow, even at your little little tiny shop. You know, it's not it's mine. It's not the Hilton, but it's mine. And, you know, big wind comes in or some hell and you've got to fix roofs and everything on top of that. And 
keep everything going, including the, uh, right down to like driveways and entryways and gates and fencing. And that stuff gets added on there too, because there's nobody to call but you and you have to do it all. So Yeah. And you know, as somebody who's operating small business here in Colorado Springs, what would you say as far as the small business climate and kind of how things are for people running businesses here in town? I'd say it used to be better. I'd say it's there's certain things that most people don't think about that make it a little bit harder. So, for instance, at my shop, when I got to rebuild some vending machines and stuff or build them up for clientele and stuff, before I ever turn a light on, there's already overhead because there's all these access fees for electricity and so forth. So you get close, what is it, like about 180 mm-hmm. I don't have it in front of me, obviously, but it's about $180 before I even turn a light on or turn water on or an air compressor on or even a tool or charge a battery for anything. So there's some stuff like that that gets a little bit annoying um if you have a business because you are a business usually the rates on even like having internet is a whole different more expensive thing more overhead and so forth and it gets a little it gets a little daunting because they just think that because you have business it's fine to charge you more it's it just appears or seems to be that way it's a little it's a little exhausting from time to time. Yeah. And, you know, also kind of looking at your background, also a, a veteran as well. So we want to thank you for your service. What uh, lessons did you take out of the Marine Corps when it comes to leadership that could be applicable with the upcoming mayoral race? Well, I I honestly don't don't think of myself much as a leader. And that sounds probably bad to say because everybody always says I'm a leader, I'm a leader, this and that. I, I think what I've learned is to... Uh, adapt and overcome. I'm, I'm just a guy. I, and I know, I know how to make things work even when it's bad. I know how to take a bad thing that's happened or, and, and something's going on and it's just going downhill and making it crappy. The schedule's getting behind. Parts ain't coming in. I, I've learned that, okay, well, let me try to patch this up, get it good enough till the new parts come in or so forth. So I've learned to definitely adapt and overcome during various types of situation. That does apply a lot through the day to day. And it does make things work, even if it's something like somebody stole a machine or broke into the shop or broke something. And I'm like, well, it looks like some uh, selective interchange and rob parts from other pi- other machines and put things together and just make it happen because you have to just make it happen. It's life's that thing where it starts off with you kind of doing your own thing because you might have got angry and then you get motivated and then you start just keep going and what's what's left at the end that motivation dissipates the anger dissipates but what do you got left it's just the determination the discipline the discipline's what always stays and you're like it's got to be done Absolutely. Well, we have to take a short break. We're talking with Jim Miller, one of the 12 candidates running for mayor in the upcoming mayoral election. We're going to talk about that decision to throw his hat in the ring as we continue here on Cardio News Radio. Welcome back to The Extra here on KRDO News Radio. I'm Andrew Rogers, joined in studio this hour by Jim Miller, one of the candidates running for mayor right now, small business owner and Marine veteran. So, Jim, you know, we talked a little bit in the first segment about your background, kind of that uh, role as a small business owner, your thoughts on leadership as well. And let me just ask, you know, kind of what was that deciding factor? What was uh, kind of that moment where you thought, you know, I'm going to run for mayor? Well, Andrew, to to be very candid and honest it's uh so at my house where i live they moved in four um pedophiles next door to me mm-hmm. i didn't really like that and i talked to some probation officers and parole officers i talked to the city and some other things and some other sections of the city and everybody's like well why are you concerned and to be frank it was why the fun wouldn't i be concerned 
And I didn't like how it's only a hundred feet away from schools and there's no, there's no rules or anything about them being away from victims. Uh, my daughter is a victim of that stuff and I didn't find it very respectful or tasteful or much of a sense of community that due to the fact that of that, they don't even tell you or let you know, or talk to the neighborhoods and communities when that kind of stuff transpires. They say they played it on the news and that's just the way it is. They say the rule is only a, the law is only a hundred feet away from schools. And I didn't find that to be a very good idea. I, think that's not very safe because when we were kids we were able to roam around the neighborhoods and stuff and skateboards bicycles yes we'd get in trouble but we were able to be kids around town and being a parent I don't want to be thinking anything might happen to my kid just my kids or my nieces or my nephews just walking the dog around the block or something bad happening to them Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what got me started on doing this yeah and as you've kind of entered into the fray kind of uh joined the really this long list of candidates for mayor what have been some of the uh big things that have shocked you kind of learning more about the you know city the the process and kind of everything that takes going into even campaigning for mayor so this thursday is something that i noticed the uh what is it colorado chamber and edc uh, ED, I think it's ED. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the EDC, EDC the Economic Development Center. So they have a, it's a debate, I believe, on this Thursday coming up. So you couldn't even be a candidate till what, April, uh, January mm-hmm. 23rd, I believe, when you could turn all your paperwork in and then it's got to be validated and so forth. But I didn't get an invite to it. And they went ahead and they uh, said they selected the people on April, uh, January 3rd. So I found that to be kind of, Interesting to say the least, because, you know, I'm just a regular guy. I'm not inside this professional political or the movers or shakers in town. I'm I'm a day-to-day worker like anybody else. And then um, I'm kind of finding it interesting that for, uh, what did, what does Mayor make? $70,000 a year, but there's so much money floating around out here, and it seems to be more of a money game. There's... Um, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, probably millions as a whole, all the way around being tossed out for these positions and stuff to fund candidates. It just seems a little obscure and as odd to me, just being a regular guy on the outside kind of in, barely getting introduced to it. Because when you got hundreds of thousands of dollars going to positions that are only 70 grand and 60 grand, it just seems really, it just seems strange to me, I guess. It just seems like something ain't adding up. It seems quite obtuse yeah and you know as you you really you've kind of been around talking with people about running for mayor what has been the response from uh, people you spoke with about uh, your decision to kind of enter into this uh, political foray a lot of them kind of seem to think kind of how i think about it with the the bank of the people that's the tax money that funds the system the the local government that we need more just people from the community that got skin in the game, that do the day-to-day, that face all this stuff, the the, the vagrants, the thieves, the addicts, the the pedophiles, the, the rapists around the neighborhoods because they're on our sidewalks, they're in our communities just walking out to take the kids to school. You deal with this stuff, and they got the same kind of notion I do that it's kind of everybody thinks these political types 
are leaders now instead of being the representatives that they're supposed to be because most of these political positions, in my opinion and many other people's opinions I speak with, think that they're just supposed to be representatives. It's supposed to be a burden, almost like jury duty. It's something that has to be done because you care. It should be a a concern, a heartfelt, a love for where you live, that you want the community to be safe, that you have a sense of community, mindfulness of others in your neighborhood that and in your city, that it should be more of that instead of a money game. Yeah, and you know, as uh, you're kind of entering into this, and we'll talk much more um, in our next segment about this, but what do you think are some of the, you know, kind of top issues that uh, you've noticed, especially when it comes to uh, how the city government as whole is run that you'd like to see addressed if elected? I'm starting to notice stuff that's just been malingering for a long time. The roads was way before Souther's ever come around. He said he'd get the roads fixed for us and this and that. They're still very similar to what they were. The roads is an obvious one. We got 10, 20 paving companies in town. We can't keep our money in town. And we got two, what, asphalt mills within 30 or 40 miles mm-hmm. with counting both of them to where we are. And we can't make something happen. Uh, we, The homelessness, the stuff with that, I mean... So the homelessness, there's some stuff I've discovered and learned just from doing my own research. I'm, I'm just a guy. There's no team behind me. I'm just a man from the community. But I'm reading and finding out that they let out the rapist and the pedophiles and some of these other violent types if they're even going to be homeless, which I don't think is quite satisfactory. I I, I don't have all the answers. I'm, I'm just a guy. I'm still learning a lot of stuff. I'm discovering things that I didn't know. I'm, I'm kind of feel like I'm not even... I'm just on the outside kind of looking in and getting introduced to some of this stuff. I I think that the city needs to be a place that we're proud of again. It was much different 14 years ago than it is now. Not to say the thing, some things haven't gotten better, but there seems to be a lot of, I don't know how to phrase it, what would you call Politically profitable problems uh-huh. would probably be the best way to put it. Yeah, I, I can see where you're going with that. With, there seems to be a lot of things where they want more taxes, more this and that to solve it. But I, I don't know about you. I don't think money always solves it. I think a lot of things are effort to make things better. I've never opened the hood on a car I'm working on or opened up a vending machine, just thrown money in it and go, it's fixed. I have to find the parts and budget the money and spend it wisely. And it just doesn't seem to be happening. Yeah. You know, Jim, we've got to take a uh, another quick break. We've got an update within top local and national headlines. If people want to maybe learn more about you, I, I know you'd mentioned the kind of the Facebook page. What are some ways to kind of reach out, get a hold of you, get some more information as far as uh, your thoughts and views on the city? Uh, you can look on the Facebook because I, I'm not a rich man, so making a website's a whole different avenue for me. But I'm I do have the Facebook. It says Jim Miller for Mayor on the Facebook, and that seemed to be the most budget friendly way to have a point of contact there is a phone number there's an email on there and everything and if anybody has any questions or anything or even knowledge they want to share concerns complaints anything you can feel free and message it on there i i will i will respond to them i will communicate i'm part of the community i'm people just like the rest of us absolutely well we have that short break for our top local national headlines as well we'll continue our conversation with jim mayor Jim Miller, one of the candidates for mayor here in Colorado Springs on the next side of this. And of course, KRDO News Radio is partnering with Habitat for Humanity for the upcoming forum, looking at affordable housing issues here in Colorado Springs. That's coming up on Tuesday, February 28th. You can register for those free tickets on the radio page of KRDO.com right now. We'll be back with Jim Miller still ahead. 
Welcome back to The Extra here on KRDO News Radio. I'm Andrew Rogers, joined in studio this hour by Jim Miller, one of the 12 candidates for the upcoming mayoral election. You know, Jim, we talked a lot about uh, kind of your background and decision to run for mayor during that first half hour. Let's transition now to some of the big issues you see facing the city of Colorado Springs right now. We touched a little bit on it, but want to kind of dig a little deeper as far as what you think some of the big issues that uh, currently are facing the city right now. So... I think some most of it can kind of be ballooned into one whole thing. The, the, the political local government representatives, that's mm-hmm. what they are. That's what they need to be called from now on. That's just the way it's supposed to be. They don't seem to always listen to the people. They seem to kind of make their own decisions. I think that's a big thing. The everyday regular person doesn't get the notion and there's no, we don't, we, we don't tend to trust the, the decisions because we don't feel like we're even being listened to or heard or we can't just contact somebody usually or we got to wait three weeks or three months before we get a call back on anything whether it's your driveway being over snow plowed and just stuff just thrown at it and breaking your windshield with stuff or you know getting a pothole patched up by your thing where you're like hey i blew out a tire broke a wheel and my suspension's blown out on my car and now i gotta do extra stuff to even get to work and it's more overhead I think that the it's also the bank of the people, which is the tax money. We fund everything. <coughs> Excuse me. And we seem to think that just us being regular people, that the money's just spent willy-nilly. I'll be honest with you. I tend to vote no on every new tax because I don't feel like we... It doesn't matter what I feel. I don't... I notice we don't seem to get any return back on just basic stuff. We get potholed roads, but we get an Olympic museum. We get potholed roads... On the way to go to, what is it, the new soccer stadium. And then on top of that, you know, we fund and pay for these things. And then we don't even get like a, just a, hey, you're part of the community. Here's a, you guys get discount tickets because you live in town kind of thing or something. And you're like, I don't watch soccer. And I honestly, I have interest in some museums, not really the Olympic Museum to be straight myself. But there's not even a thing to just kind of make it, hey, you live here, it's, cool that you guys did this. Here's a slight thank you. If you're a small business, you know, it's, you don't get listened to either unless you're a bigger business. If you're not the Broadmoor or an Amazon, nobody cares. I mean, the Amazon got the big deal and the buildings built and the tax breaks and stuff, but for what, 2,000 jobs, I think? I'm not sure. Approximately 2,000 jobs. I can't be specific because I don't have any of this in front of me, but you're telling me there isn't 2,000 small businesses here that couldn't use the, the tax break or maybe some of that money to help Go towards their, it's their money to put towards their establishments to maybe make a driveway or a parking lot a little better or even maybe a a metal roof versus a composite roof to last a little longer to help them out with their own money. Mm -hmm. It's that thing that it just needs to be done. The government never gives you anything that isn't already yours. You, It's your money, but they don't ever seem to listen to you on any of it. Yeah. You know, one thing I've asked a lot of people, and obviously as mayor, you'd be working very close with the chief of police and uh, chief of the fire department as well. Let's talk a little bit about some of that kind of law enforcement policy right now. Do you believe that uh, CSPD might be on the right track, or what do you see as far as uh, some of those things that uh, might need to be addressed when it comes to (laughs) law enforcement as well moving ahead? So law enforcement... There's a lot of stuff with that. I don't have all the info in front of me. I don't have all the answers. There is no one word, one sentence answer, one paragraph answer to any of these things. Yeah. I'm not the expert. We'd have to talk to some experts on a few things, but 
Maybe we need to be a little more dynamic with the stuff. I mean, we got sex traffickers, drug traffickers. They all come through I-25 right here and right through the middle of our town, right through the middle of our, our city, creating problems and making it unsafe for our kids, our families, our wives, our mother-in-laws, our aunts, uncles, whatever, everybody in our family, making it more less safe, more risk kind of thing, just day-to-day stuff. You're telling me we can't figure out something to kind of, it's in a bottleneck right there. I mean, in the Marine Corps days, you can build an ambush right in a spot where you know somebody's coming through because it's a common pathway and everything comes through right there. Maybe we also need to look at doing some stuff with true ex-convicts. They know a lot of these things. Maybe getting them to partner up with some of the police that know because the, they know the ins and outs might be not a bad idea. Maybe some of the background stuff with the super squeaky clean type thing background it may not be so bad if you got a guy that used to whatever i'm not saying like the rapist or the pedophiles or any of the violent extra stuff but true ex-cons that maybe made a mistake or making fake ids or knew how to make fake money or Mm -hmm. launder money maybe getting them kind of on the inside because they know the in the outs the routes the things like that and they have more insight because they got experience with it might be a pretty affordable good idea and it might actually keep to where ex-cons are truly ex-cons because they have something they can take some of those bad skills they learn, but use it to a positive effect. And it might be really efficient because there's probably not a lot of training to do with the guy that knew how to do it or a lady that knew how to do it, whatever crime it might be, whether it's even trafficking drugs to kind of get the inside track. I'm, I don't know. Yeah. But it might work. Yeah. And you know, that's a very interesting concept. I know another big issue that uh, has been talked about a lot when it comes to uh city right now has been that development, obviously the utilities board with that 128% rule right now. Would you have any thoughts as far as kind of balancing the need as far as uh, growth and infrastructure in the city with uh, needing water as well and kind of how those two should play together? So honestly, without water, since we've started being civilized human beings and making culture in cities and so forth, we don't have water. You don't have a, you don't have a city. You don't have a society. You just don't. So I think with some of it, we need to make sure and and be cautious. We should be cautious. There could be one big fire, one water main break, and that can burn through 10, 20, 30% of the water we have saved up. I, I think we need to get more unbiased, unpaid for non, non political views on some of that stuff too. With people that are just, you know, this is their profession. They deal with, you know, the waterways and they deal with the underground water, whatever it is, and they know more about it and the flows and stuff. I mean, the what is it, the uh, the Colorado River contract for the water that sends it all the way to what San Diego, yeah. correct? Mm-hmm. Um, that's what a hundred over hundred years old, over a hundred years old. Maybe yeah. we need to look at re checking that out with stuff because things have changed. That was recorded when what the highest water table and recorded history was here. And it was written then. I mean, the things have changed. The rivers tapped all over the place. We need to probably look at some of that too and modernize it to what we got going on now. The building and development, a lot of it's zoning. I mean, we need to really think about zoning. What's a, uh, everybody wants to have affordable housing, that's a that is a private thing. Maybe the government the government's involvement should be in and allowing some zoning alleviation and maybe them not telling you what to do with your dirt. If you want to subdivide your dirt up a bunch that's that's yours and plug in the amenities, they got those um accessory homes, the drop ones that fold yeah. out. I think some of the cheapest ones of the tiny homes and mini homes is like eight or ten grand. They don't take up a lot of space. Maybe if we got zoning for a small area that can fit that, water plumbing, electrical go into it. 
maybe a solar panel on top if that's your thing and a spot to park your car with the little carport and that's a pretty small area i mean look at what japan does they put a lot of people in a lot of tiny spots most of us work every day home is just to come home and take a nap get a snack get a shower and go back to it yeah, you know, earlier you'd mentioned as far as uh, maybe looking into some of the issues with the homeless population in Colorado Springs. It's been a big issue for a number of years. What are your thoughts as far as finding a sustainable way to actually address that problem that we're seeing uh, kind of growing here in town? So I think we need to be honest and realistic with a lot of it. I, It's just my perspective. It seems to be one of those politically profitable problems. If you don't solve it, then it gets to keep being a problem and more taxes and so forth or things to try to help it and throwing money at a problem and that just seems to never fix it. So we need to really actually go talk to them. Everybody keeps talking about them like numbers. You got to keep the humanity into some of this stuff, but a lot of it would just take effort in my opinion. I think if we went out and talked to them, we're like, hey man, did you move here from somewhere else just to be homeless? Okay, look, I'm I I'm sorry. Here is a bus ticket to go back home. If you're from here and you're homeless, let's start with talking to the people's families that are here and seeing what happened and maybe we can get some more family help or something, more community type help. If the charities, the nonprofits are doing things, let's make sure they're actually delivering. Mm-hmm. We need to do a little bit more verification. And it's just my my perspective with these charities and nonprofits because it seems like there's a lot of them, but the problem seems to keep getting worse. And it needs to be reevaluated. There's a lot of spokes on that wheel, a lot. And But we can't lose the humanity. They're not statistics. They're not numbers to be charging a tax for. They're not something to just be looking at. It. And who's, is anybody talking to them? I talk to them every day. There's, peop, there's homeless people that have been walking through my neighborhood for 10, 11 years, eight years. I talk to them. Man, you're still homeless. What's going on, bud? You got Nobody wants to help you or cares about you like you, man. What are you doing? But they know, too, in my block, in my neighborhood, there's no doing drugs. There's no shooting up. There's no camping out there. It's just the standard. We just probably need better standards, but keeping the humanity. It doesn't mean I don't give the poor guy or lady that ain't got a freaking shirt or some gloves before it snows. I don't hand him a jacket out of my work truck. It doesn't mean I don't give him some gloves or hand him a snack out of my lunch bag to try to be people and be like, hey, man, it's going to snow in about three hours. You're going to want to get warm. Here's kind of how to do it. I Grew up pretty rough, and I have some experience with this a bit, and it was a little different, you know, back in the 80s, but it's, the humanity's lost in almost everything, and throwing money at it never solves anything. A lot of things are just effort, and if you actually really, truly care, maybe if some of the people that want to house them, they can get some kind of tax credit being a dependent, because they're helping them, housing them, making sure they get to whatever meetings. They, maybe we need to look at the way they're doing some of this stuff and divide up the, the families, the, the women, because there's problems at these shelters and these healthy things that are drugs and, and rapes and all kinds of craziness that is not good. Divide up the women, divide up the families, divide up the kids that are homeless, co- contact their families, put the veterans in their own thing. Let's not lie. Us veterans are kind of animals. We will fist fight and be the best friends in the world. And that's just the way it is. But, you know, we probably could talk to the VA with some of their stuff and make sure they're piggybacking on that. Let's stop letting out... The rapists and the pedophiles and the sex traffickers, if they're going to be homeless, because you can't take one problem, add it to another problem, and then say you need to care about all of it because it's even make me skeptical on and and a little cautious with even helping some homeless people because I don't know if they're part of a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like it is one of those complex problems that everyone wants to try and say that they want to do, but really doesn't have that how or whatever. You know, we're up against the uh, clock. We have one more break. We're going to continue the conversation in a few minutes with Jim Miller here on KRDO News Radio.
Welcome back to the Extra here on KRDO News Radio. I'm your host, Andrew Rogers, been speaking this hour with Jim Miller, one of the candidates for mayor in Colorado Springs. Jim, we really appreciate your time in joining us here on KRDO News Radio. I know, especially as a small business owner, this hour is definitely valuable, not really billable time for you. So really appreciate your time here as there, as we've talked about a number of issues kind of facing Colorado Springs. Anything uh, in particular you think that we might have missed on you want to make sure we cover? I... I don't know. I, I think a lot of the stuff isn't throwing money at it. I think a lot of the stuff is not relying on the system that has really just hindered the everyday person to do their day-to-day things. I think a lot of it that we need to be doing is just having better standards. Laws, rules, fees, fines, taxes don't necessarily fix things. I mean, you can take litter as a prime example and you look at it, it's illegal to litter, but there's garbage everywhere. People say they're environmentalists and so forth, but you don't see everybody picking up a handful or two of garbage on the way in the store and just chuck it in the garbage can. You know, you got to wash your hands, but is it really that much more to just have better standards and be more of a community with everything as a whole? Not to, you know, it's illegal to speed, but everybody speeds. They'll speed through your neighborhood. It's, we just need better standards. We need to be better people. We have to remember, we don't have to be friends to be neighbors. It's all right to not, you're not going to, everybody's not going to like you. You're not going to get along with everybody all the time. That's any relationship, whether it's your wife, your kids, your friends, your family, or your neighbors. Just We just got to be better people. And I don't think more taxes and throwing money at stuff to these politically profitable problems is the solution. Yeah, and as we've talked, it really kind of seems like it's a almost lack of transparency, even with uh, the current tax money we have right now, and really kind of addressing how the city's ran and what the current tax money is going from. It seems like a lot of things that you've mentioned, correct? Yes, a lot of the money just seems to be going to, I guess you would call it political favoritism. I, I'm, We're just regular people. We want to not drive on potholed roads and wreck our vehicles and destroy our trailers and our trucks and work stuff on the way there. Or even when we want to go do a nice dinner on a, finally, when you can have Valentine's dinner with the wife, because I have Valentine's dinner with the wife and, uh, you know, her birthday twice a year, I get to have time to go do stuff like that. That's real nice. I don't want to be driving through potholes and breaking my car on the way there when I finally drive something nice and it's supposed to be a relaxing thing. It just doesn't seem to be going to what we invested in or were promised to. There's already budgets for a lot of this stuff before they add the additional tax. 2C, I don't like. It's Here's an additional tax for something that's already budgeted, and then they don't even keep up on the maintenance, but then you start getting random things. Uh, the water, you know, we get charged extra money because we've been in a drought for how long now? It's definitely over 10 years, I'm sure. It's a drought every year. We get charged extra money, wastewater, even if you don't turn on a water faucet and you're not home and you're like, hey, or you're not at the shop and you're like, there's still a wastewater bill. Why? When I didn't use any water. But you go look at like the Olympic Training Center and some of the stuff downtown and they say, hey, you can't even wash or spray your car off. But they got green grass growing out there and you're like, can't you just throw some AstroTurf in? It's bought once, done. We're not wasting water. Maybe be a little more efficient and not a little less on the, the fast side because efficiency's fast. Absolutely. Well, Jim, uh, really, again, appreciate your time. Jim Miller, candidate for mayor of Colorado Springs. You can get more information, reach out, get the email, phone number, everything on Facebook. Jim Miller for mayor of Colorado Springs. We really appreciate your time joining us here on KRDO News Radio. Well, thank you, Andrew. And this is my first time on radio, so. Just a guy. (laughs) Well, again, you know, maybe that's what we need a little bit more of. Again, the election coming up on April 4th. Ballots will be out on March 10th. Thank you for listening to KRDO News Radio.